2: All right, everybody. It is Tuesday. You heard that right? Tuesday night, July fifth. Happy late Independence Day, everyone. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. We can find you can find us on the Chairshot dot uh, I am your host DJ. I'm going to take a lap around the room here and introduce the rest of the team. Starting with from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth. Rob, how are you tonight, sir? Uh,
3: not too bad. Can't complain
2: awesome awesome yeah we're on an odd night here tonight thank you guys so much for uh for swapping nights with me i got some personal things going on tomorrow and i don't know if i'd be home in time to record as always bucky's tag team partner jason jason sir how you doing i'm doing wonderful my friends and i want to take a
4: second to give a little shout out to greg demarco and those wonderful our wonderful co-workers and hosts over at the Cheershot network because you know Obviously, we try to keep it one mm-hmm. night a week, you know, every night, every night or every week, same night. But once in a while, life happens and they are always very accommodating to us. So it's wonderful.
2: Yeah, it's 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 cool. It's been a great deal moving over here and enjoying the heck out of it. Got some really good feedback from Greg on how to make the show better. Um, you know, little tweaks here and there. And, you know, as we grow and we go along, this show will evolve. And I'm looking forward to seeing seeing where we go with it. Yeah, man. Same so, uh, Jason. What are you eating, Bubba?
4: Uh, so, so you guys know those like super melts my wife makes. We call them super melts because that's there's a restaurant around here called Friendlies, and that's basically a patty melt or whatever you want. Oh, I love Friendly's. Um,
2: oh man, so all the friendlies down here closed. I man, yeah, yeah, all the way. I wish oh, I had really? money. Yeah, yeah. The last one was about ten minutes down the road for me, and it closed. I think it closed for good about five years ago. Well,
4: Bubba, it got it got bad because like the they were even, obviously they came up around here and they were very close to shutting their all of their doors forever. But one of those lovely, you know, investment firms swooped in and bought the ones around here at least and has kind of rehabbed them. But anyway, uh, I said that because uh, they always have these super melts, which are these wonderful things. Uh, basically, think of a grilled cheese, but just more stuff on it. You know, patty melt, whatever you want to call it. My right. wife makes one in the air fryer with just a grill, a, buffalo chicken uh, excuse me a chicken patty buffalo chicken we had some stuff some cheese some whatever whatever we're not you know this is not a, you know master kitchen or whatever but it's delicious so apparently she ran out of bread or no. something
5: no,
4: and, it's not like gonna- and 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 all of a sudden she just decided you know what I'm going to do everything the same I do instead of putting it on bread I'm going to wrap it in a tortilla and put it in the air fryer oh excuse me the air fryer then
2: Boys, what's that? That's a hot pocket. Yeah, my wife more or less looks like a hot pocket, sir. My (laughs) wife made a homemade pop, hot pocket. So I have reached a whole new level of wrestling
4: fan as I'm having homemade hot pockets while recording
2: my podcast. So (laughs) I, I have gone, I have gone into the, I have ascended. Balance. I, I got to be honest with you. Don't question anything. If you see me messaging your wife on Twitter, I'm hitting her up for recipes. Because yeah. uh, some, some of the stuff you've been eating on here, sometimes I'm like, man, Jason's eating good. And we eat well here, but you guys do some stuff with that air fryer that I hadn't even thought of. Because um, we use the hell out of ours. But sometimes you come on here and go, she made this with the air fryer. She'll be like, what the, how the hell? So I'm going to have to reach out to her and uh, find out what the secret is. Yeah, uh, her secret is just don't be afraid of it. She just throws yeah. things in there and hopes for the best. Hopes <laughs> for the best. And if it stinks, you're going to eat it anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Rob, Rob, what about you? What was for dinner tonight, bub?
3: Oh, uh, man, well, uh, see, no, I, I went back to my college student slash early 20s days, and I had a, I had a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I did that about a week or so ago. Got home from work a little bit late. Tina hadn't set out anything for dinner. She's like, what are we going to have for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. It's getting to be 6.30, almost 7 o'clock. I'm like, you know what? Bowl of cereal. <laughs> Good old standby. Nothing wrong with that. No, hell no. Especially that's when you that's don't that's want to cook. That's that's- the time you prep something, cook something, it takes 45 minutes to an hour. I don't like eating at 8 o'clock at night. I hated it. It tears my stomach up. So... Yeah. So tonight we had, uh, she got one of these package meals from Birdseye. It was uh, like a chicken taco thing. It had uh, chicken, uh, rice, black beans, corn, salsa, some sauce. Threw that in the oven. Total cook time was like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, something like that. I don't remember. I stirred it. It's like you cook it for 40 minutes, take it out, stir it, throw it back in for another 30. So we had that and then uh, wrapped it up with some uh, Culver's. Some culvers, not ice cream, but frozen custard. Uh, do you guys have culvers Whoa. up there? We don't, but I've I've had it a couple <clears throat> of times. It's that's some good stuff. Especially as soon as you said custard, I was like, oh, that's a whole different ballgame, bubba. Oh yeah, that frozen custard is the bomb. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, unhealthy, fat kid food, which oh, bad, bad, bad. I'm all here for but yeah we didn't have Culver's out here until about five years ago and I remember when Tina and I first got together she had moved back from Iowa because it's big out in the Midwest and she's like I wish they had a Culver's here I wish they had a Culver's They telling me about these butter burgers and this frozen custard and these little cheese curds I love cheese and they've got these little bitty itty bitty cheese curd nuggets and so probably about once a week probably a hell of a lot more than we should we eat at Culver's and We had guests over for fourth of july and tina made brownies so we went and got little tubs of custard to have like brownie a la mode and so we've still got a little bit of that left over so yeah that was dinner tonight in my house probably not as exciting as jason's buffalo hot pocket
3: (laughs) it was delicious and Uh, how
4: was
2: everybody's fourth i just i just realized we you know
4: we all had the fourth this weekend did everybody have a good fourth
3: yeah Yeah, i didn't really do anything but you know
2: (laughs) did you have the kids
3: I uh, know kids were not here this
2: weekend. No. Kids were not here. Nah, I oh, had my son. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying,
4: if you're a longtime listener to this favorite show, this show, then you know Rob's favorite thing to do is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is not true, sir. Is, okay. Hey, not true. I, I think we all should learn to learn to enjoy it once in a while, at the bare minimum.
3: Yeah, but, but I, I read comic books and I do watch pro wrestling, of course, and I do play some video games. And I, oh, I know, but and and then you know I spend way too much time digging into all various kind of statistics and everything because I'm math nerd.
2: Rob, Rob finds himself down some interesting rabbit holes with that uh, with that data mining stuff. Yes. Um. So this weekend, Fourth uh, of July, we actually celebrated on the third. I had my son this weekend. But he had to go back to his mom yesterday so we did fireworks on sunday night i had my friend and his roommate came over and we you know i cooked up some ribs on the grill and he made <laughs> some he brought some like flank steak and made fajitas and we just you know cooked up a bunch of food made it buffet style ate that had some drinks and then we went out lit off some fireworks and then they went home we called it and i we were so i was probably in bed by 10 o'clock which is pretty average for me for a weekend there you go yeah it was good it was a good time yeah the bugs man the bugs were voracious though oh my god that was the worst part of the whole thing was um you're out there because it's florida and it rains like i don't know every hour on the hour so it was pretty steamy it was pretty uh pretty humid out and then this we're out there standing the bugs are just tearing us up the no the mosquitoes but yeah <laughs> you're, the one, that's, you're the one who lives in the everglades man Bubba, I've been trying to get out of here for years, and it's probably going to be a few more years before I can convince Tina to get out of here. So, (laughs) I'm probably going to be stuck at least for another 10. So, anyway, we didn't come here tonight to talk food or talk fireworks or talk Jason's air fryer. Uh, This weekend, we are 72 hours removed from the 2022 WWE Premium Live event, Money in the Bank. And uh, Pals, we got a heck of a lot to talk about. This was uh, for my money, for me personally, I had fun. You know, there's a few things I could talk about that weren't as good as others, but all in all, I had fun watching the show.
4: Yeah, that big, big time that feel like this one just off the cuff, pretty darn pretty darn close to a smash success. And again, if you, as we like to remind folks once in a while, if you did not enjoy anything on this card tonight, then WWE does not provide the type of entertainment that you are looking for, and you should look elsewhere. I see say that with no malice in my heart. You're just not going to have a good time because this was a damn
2: good show. Rob, what about you? Did you have a good time?
3: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just and and some people were not. I know there've been a few complaints here and there about them only having six matches on some of these shows now. Um, to me, it's a perfect way to, I mean, six matches is fine. Uh, and it's technically seven. Oh yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, put it this way: Having six matches actually has made some of these shows better because had, had they tacked on another match or two and gotten down to some real filler kind of stuff. It would, you know, it would dragged down the overall quality of the show. So it's better to me it's it's better now some shows yes, you know WrestleMania you're going long. Um SummerSlam you they're going to go longer, right? But like um these kind of B and C level shows and they they wanted to make money in the bank an a-level show this year and that, that didn't pan out but you know the b and c level pay-per-views um there's nothing wrong with, with keeping it shorter um because look i mean one of the i mean back with like in what 2018 in 2018 money in the bank was over four hours so i watched it like a week or so ago Listen. and that was i mean Cause yeah, every every because they let everybody go long.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean,
3: and um, we don't need that. And you, that's I mean, just
2: way too long and, for it not to be one of your big four. Yeah, I, I saw folks complaining like, "Wow, well, that was
4: kind of short." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." When you're on this end of thirty, and your show, this show gets over at eleven o'clock on the dot. Yes. Bravo, Vincent Kennedy. Yeah, more of mean,
3: that. Cause look, that was one of the best things, I mean, one of the few bright spots of like the pandemic and Thunderdome yeah. and all that was that those shows started like I think they started at 7 and they got us out of Vince got us home before 10.
5: Yeah, cuz Vince was
4: like, y'all don't have anything else to watch anyway, so we're starting on my t- at my time.
3: And so yeah, man, it, um if it's not a big event that, you know, where yeah, you're going to put people more on and go on all that, then it's perfectly fine to, you know, keep it short, get in and out. Um, and then, because look, if, if this had been 10 matches or something, and then four of them have been filler and particularly like with, you know, people not being there. Right. I mean, if you, know, you have a 10 match card with no Roman, no Charlotte, no Naomi and Sasha, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, no, I mean, okay, so you know, you can do a six minutes card without any of those people, sure, but you know, and, um, so look, it was a good time, and again, we got in and out, and that's you know, like you said that, yeah, you know, when you, Jason, you're talking about being on the north side of thirty when you're on the north side of forty,
2: yeah, it mean, gets even more difficult, Bubba. You're but, you're you're looking at the clock. And, and you're having a good time yeah like right. let's be fair you're having a good time you're enjoying it but at the same time you're like and that's the other reason why i love these saturday pay-per-views because those sunday night ones were getting pretty rough man you're you're ticking along it's you know 10 10 15 yeah. 10 35. i'm starting to take those long blinks i'm like yeah. all right what, what are we doing here so
3: yeah because like um look them, y'all crazy people who get me like two in the morning in the u.s to watch wrestle kingdom y'all y'all are crazy
1: couldn't be okay. me. Okay.
3: Yeah, okay, okay, and because those cards are as long as WrestleMania cards, and it's you know, and it's you know, two o'clock in the morning, Eastern time over here. And I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> no, man, <laughs> no. I've done I've done that twice, and I can
4: do like for Wrestle Kingdom. If I, there's a lot of guys I really like, which a couple of years ago there were, yeah, sure. But man, the people who do that every month or even twice a month for like all their shows y'all
3: crazy and look look the, the one time i was tempted to, to do that was when uh naito was in the main event and i'm sure glad i didn't because they spent a year building that man up just for him to lose mm-hmm. i mean that was that i mean that was honestly that was like the new japan version of wrestlemania 34. yeah it was because um and it had the same type of stink afterwards <laughs> because i mean Mean, did,
2: what did we spend all this time doing? What the hell did we spend all this time doing?
3: Yeah. Um,
2: it, it never ceases to amaze me when any pro wrestling company outside of WWE does the typical pro wrestling nonsense, and nobody breathes heavy about it. Like that will just never cease to amaze me.
3: No, this one they did because
2: yeah. Oh, did they? See, oh, so I don't really oh, follow New Japan, so I didn't really follow the
3: discourse on it either. Because uh, Naito had this like multi-year story of how, you know, the fans rejected him, and he left, and he went, you know, abroad to do all these to work in all these other places. Then he came back, and they accepted him, and he went on this like multi-year journey to get into this main event against Okada, and everything was set up for him to win, and then he didn't. <laughs> and that's why we're was, was like WrestleMania 34, they they spent all that time They spent a whole year building up The Roman and Brock and Everybody was, you know, and then Even the Roman haters were like Okay, he's gonna win here And then it didn't happen and then Honestly, that put a cloud over New Japan, the same way It put a cloud over WWE the rest of that year
2: Well,
4: Well, even the haters Were like, alright, fine Let's just do it and then we can move on
2: and and then when it didn't happen, they were like, "Are you serious? We're stuck with these two again." Yeah. Oh, the, the money is in the chase, boys. The money when is in not, the chase. Not when you've you know gone not negative. Not when you've given two years uh, of your life and yeah. the payoff isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, you've taken the chase
4: and gone to every single ATM and withdrawn with maximum amount, and you're negative. Yeah. yeah the money funny. is not there anymore, boys. Yeah.
2: All right, so let's get into the card here a little bit. Jason's going to take the wheel and uh, kind of go down the match card a little bit. So when we kicked off the show
4: uh, with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, you had to think, well, something's going on here. One would think, right? It's got to be a quick cash in. The women have, women have always had a quick cash in. Was there? We don't know. Because right now we're talking about the the um, the ladder match itself. We had Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Go- uh, Rodriguez, excuse me, and Shotzi, no last name. They were all competing in the ladder match for the women's Money in the Bank, and I don't, I don't think I had. Uh, they were terrible because we don't have. We should have our predictions in front of us. I definitely didn't pick the winner of this. Uh, did either of you guys? I um, did.
3: Uh, okay, I, I, I did.
4: said.
3: I did. Uh, yes, you did. And um, all right. I, I said Becky was the favorite, but if they want to go for an upset, they would go with Liv Morgan. And I said nobody I said nobody else stood a chance.
4: Yeah, I forget who I said. I want to say I said like Becky, but um, but in any case, yeah. So Liv Morgan was, not is, well, fortunately and unfortunately, was Miss money in the bank for all of a couple of hours. And we can probably get get some more of you on that. But what did you guys think of the actual match? Um, because I thought for even This match, because, I mean, you got Raquel, you got Lacey, and you got uh, Liv. I mean, and they're all varying degrees of inexperience and whatnot. But compared to the rest of people in this card, they have probably not been in many ladder matches and hardcore matches and things like that. Um, But so I definitely think there were some speed bumps. There were a few things that, again, I'm not going to call a botch because I've never wrestled a lick. And as far as I know, no one got hurt. So, whatever. There was some wonky-looking stuff that happened. But other than that, I thought all the high spots were pretty darn good. And that
2: finish, Liv. Mm -hmm. Wow. Liv Morgan. Chef's kiss on that finish, my friend. Please, center. I know you did it
4: Monday night because you did another thing that was bow-worthy. But please, come on down. Take a bow. Because, guys... When Kofi does this kind of stuff in the Royal Rumble and Naomi does this stuff in the Women's Royal Rumble, guess what? I hate to be a jerk about it, but they get eliminated about 10 minutes later. Their spot, like Kofi, unfortunately, you know, not quite making that spot last year, didn't ruin the Royal Rumble. This right of live live so if you didn't see it weird but i guess you want to listen to our podcast first so we we got becky lynch on the super spoiler t- warning yeah spoiler <laughs> warning we got becky lynch on the super tall 10 foot ladder <laughs> underneath the women's money in the bank contract we have Liv, little Liv morgan on like an eight foot tall t- ladder right next to her, running up and they're doing the run-up thing and Becky's grabbing for the briefcase. Becky's grabbing for the briefcase. Liv jumps up there. It's hitting Becky. Becky pushes Liv's ladder so that it falls and Liv is about to dump her ass over the top rope and onto the floor. Not so, because on her way down.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
5: Liv Morgan with the experience of a you know
4: Hollywood stunt woman. Sticks one little, I'm assuming, size nil foot out there. Catches the rope perfectly in a miracle, not sweaty spot, not ripped, not weird. Catches the rope perfectly and pushes herself back up so that her ladder is right next to Becky's again. She knocks Becky off the ladder. Becky goes ass over tea kettle. Liv scrambles her ass up. cashes in the briefcase. Guys... I'm not kidding. That's one of the best finishes to a match that I've seen in recent history.
2: And credit where it's due, this is something you would expect Ricochet to pull off. Like, this is a Ricochet move right here, pal, and for her to pull it off so flawlessly, because that could have made or broken the whole thing if she had messed that spot up, and she hit it perfectly, she came right back up, she hit Becky with the knee, and then the finish was the finish, just... Absolute brilliance! I don't know who called that. Um, whoever called it, you are worthy and live for pulling it off. Absolutely worthy. It was incredible.
3: Yeah, Rob, what'd you have there? That yeah, that was. I mean, that was huge. Um, now, I, as far as and I said last week, they were going to miss Naomi in this match, and I thought they did up until that point um, because you know she does the high spots and stuff. Well, because all right, they did a lot of risky stuff this time, and I think they had they did riskier stuff because they didn't have people in there who are you know who were the big athletes who can do a lot of high spot stuff that isn't as risky and they can do it cleaner and all of that type of thing um up until that part of the end because <clears throat> going, going, you know, going through the match, I was like, "Oh man, this is a little raggedy here," and which I thought it was going to be. I said that I kind of predicted that last week. But the, I mean, that, that, yeah, that finish was excellent. It was outstanding. Uh, now for next year, you know, but yeah, I think the match was kind of hurt having so many people in there who this was like their first time being in that because um, you know, Raquel and. I mean, Shotzi's done crazy matches before. This was her first time in that match, type of match. Um, <coughs> Who well, so. else? Lacey probably hasn't been in crazy stuff. Oh, no, because she, no, she was in the one in Titan Towers, but that wasn't, you know, they really didn't. Well, do, that, that wasn't the that, thing. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, 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 that one they could also, wasn't that even recorded? Yeah, it was. It was filmed, yeah. Yeah, so.
2: yeah. That, that was a, a cinematic-type match.
3: Yeah, so. yeah,
2: Unfortunately, that straight-up doesn't count.
3: Yeah, so they they don't they didn't have a lot of people who would like I think Naomi and Natty had been in the most of these. Uh, they both been in like three or four of them, and have you know neither one of them in there. I think it hurt things a bit, and because I thought they did some riskier stuff, you know, early on to kind of make up for not having them in that match. Um, but the, yeah, the finish got pulled off perfectly, so credit to Liv for doing that.
2: I'm going to give Liv credit on another move that flew below a lot of radars because of the finish. There was one point on the big ladder. You had Raquel near the top, and you had, I think it was Lacey over top of Raquel fighting over the the briefcase. Liv comes up the other side, trades shots with both of them, then climbs over top of the two of them. And I was like, this was one of the, you know, aside from a couple of the sloppier spots – this was the one point where I really thought somebody was going to get hurt. <clears throat> Liv does this sunset flip over the top, catches Lacey, and then power bombs her. And if you go back and look at it, man, it was such an incredible spot because it could have been disastrous. Like, either one of those girls moves in either direction, and Liz has fallen straight down on her head. Or Liv, not Liz. Liv has fallen straight down on her head. Um, there was absolute leap of faith on her part. I enjoyed seeing it. Liv was incredible in this match Liv was incredible in, in a match that got rather messy in some spots um so and c- credit and kudos to Liv morgan i know quite a while back we were all pretty heavy-handed on her as to whether or not we as, as to what her value was And let's just be fair here and, and i'll call myself out i was pretty Pretty doubtful as to whether Liv Morgan was going to reach that next level. And she did the one thing that I love and 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 the one thing that I asked wrestlers and performers to do, and that is elevate themselves to take the criticism and turn it into a positive. She's done that. Liv Morgan, I have done a complete 180 on her. I've always kind of been a fan, but there was a point in time on this show where I definitely said, nah, I don't think Liv has got it. Liv's just about got everything. She still can't. Bless her heart, she can't promo worth a damn. Um, I, and, and I'll still freely say that. But everywhere else, Liv Morgan has stepped up her game. She's a, a believable contender for anyone in that match. And, and Liv Morgan beating someone is believable to me now. Um, one thing I want to talk about, and this is uh, kind of a, a little bit of a branch off here. There was a couple spots in the match where Shotzi just... I don't know whether she was having a bad night, whether she was just nerves or whatever the case was. There was a couple of messy spots and there was one in particular where she had Alexa Bliss on her shoulders and she either tripped or lost her balance, whatever the case was. But her and Alexa like just completely tumbled, hit the ladder behind them, fell awkwardly, awkwardly in the middle of the ring. It didn't look great. It, it did not, you know, let's let's be fair. But what I want to talk about more is what happened in the 24 to 48 hours after that. And the Internet did what the Internet always does. It jumped right on Shotzi. And early, it was either late yesterday or early today, Shotzi put out something in the notes explaining what happened and saying, look, you know what, because people jumped all over. I'm sure her notifications were just Completely through the roof. People got nasty. People were calling for her to be fired, you know, and and, and stuff like that. Long story short, Shotzi ended up uh, either deleting or suspending her uh, her Twitter account, which just I can't explain to you guys how much that pisses me off. Like um, I, I, I <clears throat> if you didn't enjoy something great, there is plenty of stuff that happens in the world of pro wrestling that I don't enjoy. I have gone on record to saying I don't enjoy the Young Bucks. I don't enjoy Will Ospreay. You know, I don't enjoy a lot of what those guys do. And If I see something, I might comment on it on Twitter, but I don't go into Osprey's mentions and tell him that I think he sucks and that I think he's the worst thing to happen to pro wrestling. I don't do that to the Bucks. I just fucking ignore it. It's not something I'm into. I don't watch it. I don't comment on it. And, and I don't understand this, this just need for people to go in and bully people and say stuff like that to them. I can't – cannot – You guys are what make wrestling fans look bad, and you don't even realize that.
4: Well, it's also straight up misogyny. I mean, one hundred percent.
2: It's one hundred percent misogyny.
4: Theory, or if this was, I don't know. Like, let's say, just like Seth Rollins. You know, imagine there was a year where Seth Rollins injured John Cena, Sting, and himself all in one calendar year wouldn't that be like wow he might be he might be an unsafe worker but no that did happen in 2015 and i'm forgetting somebody that he injured too and i forget who it is and bugs the crap out of me but anyway Mm -hmm. it happened in 2015 he had a string of like wow that that dude you know really put some people on the shelf and no one i heard one podcast talking about it and meanwhile this poor girl has one seriously one bad night, because I've watched her wrestle quite a few times. I've never seen her so out of sorts is the way I would I would put it. Um, because she's usually got her head on pretty straight. But like one night, and then she gets run off the internet. You guys are disgusting. Anybody in this like who who's in the sound of our voice who is participating in that stuff, stop
2: it. Yeah, That's if you disgusting. if you participated or some or applauded it, stop.
3: Yeah, so. it's it's disgusting. And look, okay, it's okay. All right, you can objectively say that. Okay, they missed a bunch of spots in that, or they did, or some stuff wasn't, you know, clean or whatever. That just like it. Look, if somebody shoots, you know, five for twenty from the floor in a basketball game, it's okay to say that they shot bad, right? Yeah, because they did. Yep. But but
4: but you know who else saw that? That player's coaches, that player's team, that player—you in the in the 300 section watching the game—don't need to go down to the court and tell tell this guy what a what a bad night of shooting he had. First of all, he knows, because right. he knows better than everybody. Second of all, his coach, his boss, if you will, knows. Everybody who watched knows. Let's just all not be jerks about it.
3: Right, and there is no need to run up in again, run up in her mentions and say that she needs to be fired and all of this stuff. And I think it's, it's misogynist because this happens with the women all the time. And, and like I've said before, when you know men in wrestling have done all types of crazy stuff, you know, stuff that is that is, is egregiously bad, and we laugh about it and we you know and, and snicker about it and. And all of that, and you know we're gonna talk about people doing stuff in the ring. Like look what at least once a week, somebody shares like a clip of like the Steiner Brothers dropping somebody on their head or huh. you know, or Vader like just beating the shit out of somebody, and you know, and and what do we do? We laugh about that stuff, right? Um, we laugh about people deliberately doing things that are just out of bounds, basically, or just. <laughs> Or they shouldn't have been Well, like doing. that
2: clip of Sid and Spivey beating the hell out of the two dudes because the guy wouldn't sell for him.
3: Right. And then, or, you know, Stan Hansen. Right? We all love Stan. Well, a lot of those old guys, we love Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen was, like, legally blind. And when he threw that big lariat, he didn't know where it was going. Jesus. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, like, so, I mean, because I've heard people were in there with him and they were, like, basically, like, he just threw it. And, and you had to you had to protect yourself
2: yeah i were when i wrestled i worked with a guy uh dave blackheart johnson he worked uh some matches with Hanson, not only in in japan but in wcw uh, dave was a job guy for wcw as well as a part of a tag team but uh, he had some incredible stan hansen stories i wish i could say they were my stories they are not they're all secondhand through dave but yeah he had some incredible incredible stuff about Stan Hansen and it usually revolved around Stan hansen beating his ass.
3: Yeah, and um because <laughs> if you've seen Bull Durham, the part where uh Costner tells you know nuke to hit the mascot and then you know and then he goes to the to the guy at the plate and he's like, hey man, I don't know where the next one's going. That was basically Stan Hansen with the Lariat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what that's what it was. I mean if you listen to people who have been in there with him, they will that's that's how they describe it. Like basically uh, he just threw it, and you know, good luck. Um,
2: the worst so- part about all this stuff, you know, people coming after Shotzi is that none, not a single one of these a holes has ever been in the ring, and you cannot. So it's like me, ugh, Oh, I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole with these people. So I just stop. You know, and Shotzi had a bad night. There's a couple of women on that in that match that had a bad night. And one could argue, okay, did they need to be in the match? The bottom line is they were in there. It was a big match spot. It was the opening match on a, on a pay-per-view. And for a lot of these girls, it was their first shot at some big-time exposure. You know, this is a big match for Raquel, what do they call it, Rodriguez? Rodriguez? Raquel Rodriguez. This is a big match for Shotzi. This is a big match for Lacey. You know, Alexa Bliss has been there. Liv has been there. You know, but for for three of these women in that match, this was a big chance for them to showcase. Uh, t- t- Time out. What? <laughs> this was a big match for Liv Morgan. Yeah, but she's been in a... I, it was big because of the finish, but she's been on that spotlight, dude. She, I'm, what I'm saying right. is she's been in main event matches. Liv has gotten some traction in the last, you know, six to 12 months. Lacey's been out on maternity leave. Raquel's only been called up a couple couple of months. You know, Shotzi's been up there for about a year and was, you know, in the witness protection program, as Rob would say, for probably the better part of six months of that. So, you know, for for those three women, this was their chance to get out there and shine. And they were the the opening match of the pay-per-view. And so, yeah, it, it got a little messy. I don't hold any of them accountable for it. You learn from it. You grow. And next time you come out, you know a little better about what you're doing. And look, guys, we're not going to sit here and tell you you can't like armchair quarterback this stuff because,
4: you know what, that's half the fun of this stuff. Could you sit here and say, like, yeah, they probably could have used one more vet in there or like swap somebody out or say anything like that? Fine. That's fun. We do that with regular sports. We do that with, you know, acting. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to see this guy play that role? Just don't be a dickhead about it to the actual
2: people. How hard is that?
3: yeah so yeah i was like like the scene in an airplane where the kid is talking to kareem yeah
2: yeah 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 i know what you're talking about
3: yeah and then kareem finally snaps on him at the end he's like well you try to run him down the court with you know with bill walton hanging on you and all that and
2: you tell your old man (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) right exactly (laughs) anyway so what's up next jason what was the next match here Uh, Next match after that,
4: after we, you know, totally all lost our coconuts for Liv getting that damn briefcase... 100%. uh, uh, Yeah. We had Bobby Lashley defeated Theory uh, for the United States Championship. Well, for formerly Theory's United States Championship. I mean, as we found out the rest of the, you know, rest of the way, this probably needed to happen. Um, But... It's interesting that I, we find that uh, they are already booked for a rematch here at Summerslam. Um, I'm intrigued by that. Maybe it's just keeping Theory, you know, it's keeping Bobby relevant and it's keeping Theory away from the title picture and cashing in any briefcases he might have required tonight, you know, later. Yeah. So, uh, but it, no harm, no foul. Don't I mean run it back? They the match itself was good. They were they had a good just a fine little match. I don't think it broke 15 minutes, did it? No, it was 11 minutes, exactly what you need for two dudes just beating the bag out of each other. And, you
2: know, Bobby got him in the hurt lock and tapped him out. Uh, DJ, what would you have here? Oh, man, I tell you what, we all got slightly swerved. I think in the prediction show, we all predicted theory to either either win. I think I predicted like a count out or disqualification or something like that. Either way, we thought... The one part we got right is that there is going to be a rematch at SummerSlam. We just yeah. – uh, they took a side road. Uh, WWE's had to pivot recently with Cody Rhodes being out for <clears throat> nine months. Um, they've had to pivot. They've had to change some things around. I was expecting Theory to hold on to the U.S. Championship a little bit longer. However, I wanted Bobby to beat the absolute holy living hell out of him, and that's exactly what I got. They may have only gotten 11 minutes, and I say only because 11 actually a pretty – Eleven's a good match length, I think. Eleven to fifteen minutes is pretty good. Um, they pulled off some stuff, like there's that one spot where Theory slingshots himself in, does the forward roll and goes into the. Either, sometimes it's a drop kick, sometimes it's something else. Lashley catches him and presses him up overhead. It was yeah. such as an yeah. such an incredible spot, and it was really really good. And the the fun part here was just watching just. It, theory was bumping all night for Lashley Like it was incredible And I think we had everybody in the discord chat Was all calling for Bobby to just Beat this kid within an inch of his life That's exactly what we got And it was fun to watch Yeah man It was, oh, yeah.
3: It yeah. was exactly what we
4: wanted Rob go ahead
3: sorry Oh uh, well, Because I thought that it was Like I thought it was just going to be like A few minutes and then theory Where you'd like you know maybe DQ Or he would cheat or something I was not expecting this to go like it did and yeah like i said that one spot where bobby caught him and then and, and just lifted him up into the press was great and i mean it, and how cool is it that i mean the the, the hurt lock the the time that they put into setting that up to be this big devastating move um now so now it's the thing like when he puts it on it everybody's like oh shit it's the, you know it's the end
2: yep <laughs> it's yeah. coming
3: yeah and um and that's, you know, that's the reason why you protect your finishers.
1: Yeah. Make yeah. them
3: matter. So that, so that when you, that when you hit it, so when you put one on in a big match, you know, it, people actually anticipate something.
4: Yeah. And then they, and, an, they anticipate that so, so much. Oh, he's got it locked in. He's got it locked in. So then you actually do have a valuable commodity of once in a
2: while, let's blow their minds and somebody's going to kick out of it. Yeah. It's like the end of days. We've had one person, yeah. Drew McIntyre, kick out of the end of days. And same thing yeah. with the Hurt Lock. And what I love with what they've done with the Hurt Lock is I know what I'm watching. Okay? I, I know what I'm watching. I respect what I'm watching. They get me with the Hurt Lock. It's Like, he's teasing it. He's he teasing it. But when he finally cinches it in, I'm like, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Every yep. single time, man. Like I said, I know what I'm watching. But every single time, I'm like, he's got it. To, he's got it. That's it. It's funny because it's the exact
4: opposite of Natty locking in the sharpshooter.
3: Yeah, because yeah. Um exactly. like, oh, so you're about to lose. Awesome. Yeah. And um so that was I mean it was that was a fun match. Um I'm really happy with what they're doing with Bobby. This has been a what a basically a four year project with him. Yeah. And
2: yeah.
3: they didn't you know they gave they gave him some bad shit at the beginning. Uh with the Bobby sisters and all that stuff. Um and he got you know he he hung in there he got through that um you know they had the thing with him and lana which was i mean it was fun in a soap opera kind of way but it you know but i I'm, don't imagine it when he re-signed there and came back that he imagined doing that <laughs> okay <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so you know he he went through some stuff and but they didn't give up on him they they kept trying stuff until they you know until they got the thing that worked with him mvp and then look we were skeptical of him breaking away from MVP and but it worked. I mean and and you know going back to when they broke up the hurt business we all like we're all not happy about that. But I mean in hindsight you know they kind of you he couldn't have reached the next level. He he needed he needed to get he needed to use that as a launching pad and just not be in the group forever.
4: Right. The current iteration of Bobby that they that they have built to, does not have hired goons.
3: Right.
2: No, he doesn't need them, and exactly. it's incredible because when you look at Hurt Locker, or Hurt Locker, Hurt Business Bobby Lashley, and you know I see him as a heel, and he just became this vicious machine. And there was a time when I'm like, how do you walk back from that? Like I, I don't see this guy being a heel forever. But how do you how do you walk that back and make him a baby face again, but still keep that intensity? Because the intensity is what made it. He's so explosive and he's so high energy and he's so powerful. And it worked really well with the heel persona. How do you keep that and make him a baby face? And by God, they figured it out because he's changed very little other than the fact that now he's posing for the fans again. You know he's well, he's giving people the knuckles. He's giving people high fives. He's out there popping for the crowd. But every other aspect of what he's doing in the ring is absolutely the same, and he's killing it. Well, it's the funny thing is about that is he is
4: presenting himself total baby, total baby face. Oh, yeah. He's beating up the heels. He's whatnot. MVP's kind of just doing doing was doing the um, the the hurt. He was doing the when they got rid of the boys. And he was just managing um, managing Bobby. Thank you. God. Before he left for almost, I felt like that was the one last thing that he was doing. He needed to get gone because he had figured it out from there. He was working face. He was working face in matches. He was working face in promos. And then finally, it was just like, what did? what is this guy still doing here? As soon as they got rid of MVP... And that that was just like the final Infinity Stone just dropped into place. Yeah, and this dude is off to the
3: races. Because well, like the the big if you have if you have a big Jack muscle dude and he's got the intensity and he can work, um, people are going to be kind of take to that anyway. Um, and like we I mean we've seen it just over the years. Um, people took to the Road Warriors right, even though I mean they were they were total heels at first they jumped people and they you know got disqualified for you know beating people up too bad and all that kind of stuff but like it just captivated people um you know Lex Luger when they you know when they tried to make when they turned Lex Luger heel people still cheered for him a lot because again it's you know it's the big muscle guy he's got the intensity and all this stuff um and so I figured that they would They were not going to, people were not going to boo Bobby forever, but like actually transitioning him to a babyface character was like y'all said, it was going to be a question of how do you do it. And you know what? Um, what's funny? I mean, ultimately, like he ran out there and he, you know, he beat up almost the night with the week, was it Monday before WrestleMania? And yeah, it's just basically he just needed a target. Um, Once they got, you know, because yeah, I mean, he just needed a target. Um, and I think you know, doing the thing with Brock probably helped. Um, and but like wrestling fans in general, like, we want to cheer for the big muscle dude who beats the shit out of people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, that's that's at at the end
2: of the day, it's about those larger than life superhero characters, and that's Bobby Lashley.
3: Yeah, and so. you can't keep them healed forever. It's just it's a matter of how do you transition them to babyface, and you know, and still yeah, you I know, still have some appeal. So they yeah. did that with him, um, and it's worked really well. And he's on a he's on a trajectory where I mean, it very well could be him and Roman next year at WrestleMania. Easy, easy, easy. I mean, he's on that. I mean, he's on that trajectory. I mean, I'm here
2: for it. Yeah, I mean, if at Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns main event WrestleMania sells me a ticket.
1: Sure. I mean, that's, that's it's got to end at some
2: point, guys. At some point, the tribal, right. chief, the tribal chief,
1: tribal
2: chief, somebody's going to totally put him back. down. And right now, looking at the lineup, 50, looking at the lineup, Bobby Lashley is at the front of that line. Biggie, he Biggie just posted on Twitter that he ain't coming back anytime soon. Yeah. His, uh, his injury is not healing very well. He's not growing any new bone where it's supposed to be healing. They're going to reevaluate it in a year from the accident.
3: So that's March yeah. next year.
2: So, that's March yeah. of next year. So yeah. we are we are looking at another nine months before Big E even has an answer. Yeah. So well, Big, e, Big E is off the table. So you speaking know,
4: of that, I actually did want to mention this because um, – so we talked about Liv winning and theory. You know, spoiler alert: Theory also wins the brief, the men's briefcase. You mentioned that. What did you, What did you mention about Theory? The the no, it was something about time. Uh, let's.
3: Oh, Rob, take over because oh, sure oh, i Oh, oh, this, this one has got eleven minutes, and that. Oh, no, um, that's what they spent, four years with Bobby working on him, or what would you think of Well, no, they they,
2: they yeah. had an 11-minute match, and they crammed a lot into that 11 minutes. Yeah. Like, they really made yeah. the best of that the time that they were given, and they probably easily could have gone another five minutes, and it wouldn't have felt like a long match.
5: Yeah.
4: Right. Oh, I remember what it was. So, you mentioned that Cody is out for nine months. <clears throat> nine months. Hey. Hey, uh, so just so everybody knows, Cody uh, broke his his, his, uh, pectoral muscle, and he's going to be out for nine months. Right. You know what they also told us like that last night? You can win the Money in the Bank briefcase. You can climb up that ladder. You can grab that briefcase. Inside is a contract that you are allowed to cash in on the champion of your choosing for a championship match. For up to a year. So you you can have your shot at anything, any championship in the WWE for up to a year. Nine months, up to a year. Nine months, up to a year. <laughs> Are we noticing anything, guys? Jay, thinking, Jason's trying to do I'm, some math here. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Timelines might also i mean that with one of them they might be fibbing to us i know the wwe would never do that never lie to us about you know injuries and things like that and timetables but what does everybody think of the idea that theory is a placeholder theory is a bag man in the truest sense of the word that he is holding this thing for
5: cody rhodes
3: rob discuss um, okay, you mean, all right, well, him, okay. You mean like they're going to do like an Otis thing where he eventually loses the briefcase in a match to Cody?
4: That's, it, yeah, or gets some other way where Cody is the one who's able to cash in, not Theory. Because uh, I just, I, and let me finish that thought because I just look at Theory and I look at the available options. Obviously, they can change in two weeks. But I look at the available options. I'm like, okay, we don't have two champions. I just don't see theory as the guy with a money in the bank cash in after a, you know this long. That's how we do this.
3: No, I'm something I, about
4: I, that just stinks.
3: Um, if I had to if I had to make the call now, I would say that he runs in there at SummerSlam and Roman and Brock just murder him. Yeah, uh. if I
5: had to make the call as well,
4: that would be that would be the call. Um, but. I mean, if especially if you don't have another champion for this champion, to, like for the money in the bank guy to get distracted by. Yeah, sorry. We got to torpedo the money in the bank briefcase one year
3: or yeah, a couple cause of years. Because I think, um, well, this is one of those booked yourself into a corner kind of situations, um, which is, you know, I mean, what happened to Otis a couple of years ago, right? I mean, it, Otis, <laughs> win, and Otis winning the briefcase was fun then, but then, then the next day it's like, oh, shit. Otis has the briefcase. Um, <laughs> um, I, to be fair, I don't think we're there with theory. It's like no, no, no. I, I don't think theory. No, I don't theory think he has this, the briefcase. No, All no, right. no, no, I don't think this is that because um, because I do think um, there's at least possibility sometime in the future theory might actually be some you know championship material. Otis, Otis was never going to be anybody's world champion. Okay which is why it was so absurd when he did win the briefcase the next day, you know, the next day you're like, Oh, wait a minute. It's really, <laughs> I mean, so I don't think this is that, but I think in 2022 theory becoming world or universal champion or both is ludicrous. Um, and I think that will be one of those situations where some people say, okay, you know what? I'm done. Okay. Um, because I mean, it happens from time to time, okay? Um, yeah. You know, sometimes there's just a result. There's just too much bullshit, and they do lose some people. Uh, and him doing him, yeah, him doing that actually becoming, you know, that you know, they're gonna lose, they will lose some people over that. If they they do.
4: would lose, I would become the official mindless wrestling uh, AEW correspondent for at least three months.
5: <laughs> right, and I. Uh, <laughs>
4: I'll see y'all I'll, I'll around Survivor Series. We'll check yeah. in. <laughs> and I mean,
3: and honestly, you have to be careful with making those decisions. Because, look, I mean, they lost people over the Fiend thing with Rollins. Um, they lost some people, you know, even though, you know, we talked about, and Greg DeMarco talked about the thing with Kofi and Brock, how they ran out of time. Um, There were some people who just didn't let that go. And, you know, they were like, man, fuck this shit. Um so you got to be careful that you don't make one of those decisions where you do. I mean, cause you know, you can lose some people over that. Um, and I think putting those titles on theory would definitely be one of those. Um, you know, um, but, you know, I said he he's got the case for a year. So, I mean, I don't think Roman is, is losing at SummerSlam. Um, He's, he's got the case for a year, so maybe, but you know, he he can hold them, and if, if they do finally split the titles back up, he could cash in on you know <clears throat> the other champion or, or something. Or, I mean, my vote right now is that he he runs in there at SummerSlam, and then they just yeah they just murder him. Um,
4: he actually cash in, or would he not even get the cash in?
3: Um. I think he no, i think he doesn't i think he doesn't get it because then you got a i mean a three way last man standing match i mean who wins if oh. one guy, who wins if one guy is down for ten right? Um, right um so I think he comes in there with the case and they just they beat the shit out of him and then I mean, Brock tosses the case like he did to Braun Strowman a couple years ago. Yeah.
5: He just, just
2: <laughs> chucks it towards the Titan tron. I watched that video again just today. Somebody posted it. It's I mean, great. I watched that entire match way too many times. Yeah. He just beats the hell out of him with the briefcase and then flings it up to the Titan yes. tron. <laughs> Get this shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's Get this shit many- out of here and take this briefcase with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no word of a
4: lie that is one of roman and brock's best matches Go oh to- yeah.
3: No
2: yeah,
4: yeah no doubt
3: yeah, no doubt um, but um yeah it's just i don't know because right now it's a big question mark like well, what do they do with this i mean um yeah i i don't know i mean there, there
5: are
3: there, there are some bad decisions they could really make with this and yeah. uh hoping they don't make any of them <laughs>
2: Since we're bouncing around, it's fine. We'll just kind of let the show flow wherever you know, wherever it has to. I, I'm gonna be that guy. I don't hate theory, and we can talk about theory in a minute because I've got some some thoughts on him, on some discourse, and you know, on just how egregious people are with their takes with him. I, I think he's a fine wrestler. I, I think he's a hateable guy on TV. He's a guy I want to see get punched in the mouth. I was on board for Bobby Lashley beating the ever loving hell out of him in the US championship match, and I got everything I wished for. I went home happy down that match. But when they when Adam Pierce came out at the beginning of the men's money in the bank ladder match, I was like, ah crap. Because in that moment, they just ruined the finish at the beginning of the match. Like, as soon as he announced theory, I'm like, son of a bitch. And it wasn't even that I was mad about theory. It, and I'm got full transparency. I had one of those. This is not how I thought it was going to go. Moments. Like I turned into that fan for about two minutes. I'm like, son of a bitch. I called for Seth Rollins to win. I would have been happy with somebody other than Seth Rollins winning. Theory was not part of my equation. So this is already not going how I planned. I hate it. I'm mad at it. I'm mad at Vince. Wait. Bro, bro, I think I think I know that sound. Is that is that the sound of someone working themselves into a into a shoot, shoot. brother?
1: For about (laughs) two minutes,
2: I worked myself into a shoot. I did, and me and my friend Mark got on Twitter and angry tweeted about it. (laughs) But yeah, it just was like I'm like seriously theory. Like I got myself all worked up over this match. Was looking forward to it, and they. Pretty much told me at the beginning of the match that Theory was going to win it. Like I was so mad about that. I, like let me let me be perfectly honest. I say two minutes. I remember very little about that match. That's how hot. I was the the, the <laughs> one thing I remember. No, I'm being serious here. I'm being serious. I was so hot about the Theory thing that the only real notable thing that I remember about that match was all six guys picking almost up overhead and putting him through a table yeah like I, I remember like I think there was one spot where they buried almost under a bunch of ladders or some shit like that um and then I don't remember I, I remember sheamus and drew beating the crap out of each other a couple times but beyond that not much I just sat there the whole time going I sat there the whole time waiting to see how theory was going to win.
5: <laughs> yep. um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they worked
2: me into a shoot. It happened. Oh, that's what <laughs> I turned into one of those fans on Saturday night, guys.
4: Excellent, Rob. What did you think of the whole mishmash? Just uh, what a car crash, huh? Um, yeah.
3: Now I didn't think he was going to win, right? I thought they. No, I didn't either because I thought, I, you know, I, I thought they, you know, it was just one of those things they were doing just to mess with us, right? And yeah, uh, but then. I I'm sorry, Rob. I just wondered if, like, okay, he's in
4: there, so everybody thinks he's going to win. Oh, but he actually, you know, gets pushed off the ladder by Drew, and then he pulls Drew down. Congratulations, there's Drew's program for the summer to get away from Roman. Tonight, playing the part of Charlotte
2: Flair, we have Theory. Yeah. Exactly.
3: But um, so what I thought, but as the match was going on, I was like, well, wait a minute. Okay, well, Drew and Sheamus aren't winning. Okay. They put almost, almost definitely were not going to win. Um, as the match went on, yeah, I figured, okay, well, it lo- it's not looking like Sammy's going to do the thing here either. And it was just kind of like, oh, this might actually happen, you know. And, you know, they leaned so heavily on, you know, Seth talking about cashing in again. But then, like, once Becky didn't win, because I figured they were both going to win right if 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 either of them was gonna win, both of them were gonna win, you know Seth and Becky, right um so once she didn't win, I figured, okay, well, he's probably not gonna win either now, um and so it was just like, well, darn, like who's gonna win this thing um, oh boy, um yeah, um, I can't think of a reason for him not to win it now, um theory, and then. When he did win it, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just kind of, I was like, I'm, uh, this is, I was confused. Is, you know, I like, this is confusing to me. Um, what are we doing here? Um, it was know, so whatever.
4: crazy. I was convinced that he was a red heron. So I was like, yeah, no, he's going to be up there and then Drew's going to push him off or something like that. Yeah. I, I was convinced. I was the total opposite of you, DJ. I was like, DJ, apparently, as soon as you heard, Theory's music was like, well, this guy's winning. I did the exact opposite. Um, So when he finally did scramble up there, I will say he wasn't involved in a lot of big spots. So as that went on in the 25-minute match, I was like, "Mm, I don't know here. Um, Who was it, by the way, that tried to do, there were three guys, two guys tried to double suplex a guy. He blocked and then double suplexed them onto a ladder that did not break, which is my least favorite spot ever.
3: Oh, darn, who was that?
4: Anyway, two guys landed on a ladder, and it's my least favorite thing in the world when the ladder actually doesn't break. Cause it looks like that's how you actually break your back.
3: Yeah. And um man. So him winning, I was just like, Oh boy, this, this is yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um because I figured all right, if Drew had won, we know he was just gonna come out there and he's gonna say, Okay. I'll see you at the castle. That's what I'm going to cash. Yeah. That's what I'm going to cash this in. All right. So that that was fine. That made that would have made perfect sense. Um. But out of everyone else, and then you know Seth winning it and then running out there during SummerSlam and, and him getting killed was hmm. a pos- you know was a possibility. Um. I figured those were both reasonable. Or and then and the other one, of course, was Sammy doing the thing, and then eventually just laying down right when uh but those are the only three scenarios i had in mind and then so the match went on it just looked like none of those was going to happen and then you know then (laughs) the guy won the match (laughs) it's like (laughs) like like this is wow um now, if you want to get into this whole theory conversation, now I guess we might as well, since we're here.
2: Um, yeah, because the the crowd kind of kind of wet farted on the finish. Yeah. Um, and then the internet again did its thing, and uh, let's start the theory discussion with. There are people out there who genuinely have a problem with the guy because of the going back to the speaking out allegations. And, you know, he was unfortunately one of the people that was named in that whole thing. Uh, I I don't know the details of the whole situation. My understanding was that he was having a conversation with, I believe, like a 13-year-old girl on either Snapchat or Instagram or something. Um, I I don't know the details beyond that, so I'm not even going to speculate or go down that road. But his name was brought up, and there are a lot of people that haven't let go of that. And for them, I have no argument. I can't say anything. If you're looking at me saying I don't like theory because this guy did X, Y, Z, and I, no matter how good he is, I can't get behind the guy. Hey, you know what? I I respect your argument. I respect how you feel, and you know I, I agree with you. You know that's that's just that's inexcusable. For the crowd that's out here just shitting on him because he can't wrestle, because he can't talk, because this, because that. No, stop. Stop. Because, I, he, I've seen him compared to notables like um, I got uh, the Sean Stasiak and Chris Masters and just a whole laundry list of people that people are trying to compare him to. And I'm like, Theory has more more charisma on accident than Sean Stasiak ever had on purpose. Yeah. You know, it, it, sorry. It, yeah, don't like, hand me that.
3: Yeah, you know, like Jack Swagger and people like that. It's like, come on now.
2: No. He's be- yeah, he's guy, already better now than Jack Swagger ever was.
5: The,
4: yeah,
2: uh, his better now than Jack Swagger is. Yeah,
4: like with his totality of experience at this point. Well,
2: yeah. that's the thing. How can you look at that match with him and Lashley, and we'll go back even a month before the match with him and Ali. Him and Mustafa Ali tore the house down. Yeah, at Hell in a Cell. And the neither reason. time was Mustafa or Bobby Lashley in there with a broom. You know, those matches were better, were as good as they were, because Theory was in them. And the 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 most egregious part of this conversation is that if you remove the speaking out aspect of all this and you rewind to the Austin Theory that was in that Evolve pay-per-view that was on the WWE Network a couple of years ago, these same people... Honestly. We're talking about strap strap the rocket onto theory. They need to be looking at theory. Theory needs to be called up right. Like theory didn't even need to go to NXT, okay? Yeah. Theory needed to come straight up to the main roster because he had the tools. He was great wrestler guy for Evolve. Yes. Okay. And these same people who are now all over it all. He can't work. He can't wrestle. He can't talk. He's boring. He has no charisma. Bullshit. Okay. I'm calling absolute bullshit on this. The kid has not reached his final evolution. And, like, I'm just speaking of his in ring ability, his in ring character, his persona, everything like that. We have not seen his final evolution. What he's doing right now is great work for a first time in the door gimmick. Please, somebody tell me if if I'm wrong. When, until the, um,
4: you know what I say about all these guys with various skeletons or weird stuff going on or, Baggage or things like that. It's really, really funny to me to get bent out of shape about one dude while you're watching Vince McMahon's television show and shoveling money into his pocket. Okay? That's all I gotta say there. I am not gonna begrudge anyone for picking and choosing because I know this and I know that or because I heard this, I heard that. That's fine. And you're allowed to do that. But just know that The whole show's kind of rotten, guys. The whole show is. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I'm sorry. But anyway, aside from that, uh, they're just letting that opinion enforce all of their, inform rather, all of their other opinions about him. Because he is doing awesome work. And like you said, DJ, when he was evolved, let's see, he was can't miss, can't miss talent. Yeah. He
3: hasn't changed much, so. um. Because look, all right, like you said, DJ, I don't, if, look, if, if the the whole speaking out stuff, if that is a, de- if that's a total deal breaker for you, then yeah, I'm not here to well, actually you, as long as you're consistent, you know, look, cause look, some people have, are very consistent. They got nothing for him. They got nothing for Dream. They got nothing for Riddle or anybody else that has like a, a full fledged like story that came out. Right. Um so look there are people who are very consistent across all cases and got nothing for any of those guys um and so i understand that um now if you're picking and choosing then you know
2: yeah pick and choose is what we always do though i mean and i I say we as as a collective fan base and, and i don't you know it's it's again forever f terry Balea, but we're all holding Terry Bollea over the fire for a word that he said. If the truth came out as to how many people in the last 60 years of this industry use the N word. Oh yeah. yeah, You know, it's yeah. and and some people that you, you probably cheer for on a regular basis or used to. And, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for the man. I'm not trying to, you know, ask anybody to change their mind. I'm just saying he got caught.
4: You know <laughs> just, let's just assume a vast majority of them are scumbags because let's be real
3: did right, right, that's well, well put it this way they, they're all morally comp they've all they they've all made kind of if you if you look if you if if you work for if you've worked for vince mcmahon for a, an extended period of time like i'll give i'll give people a break who this is their first go-round or whatever, their first contract or something, right? I'll give them a, a pass. But if you've been there long enough to re-sign multiple times and and you, and you know, you know that the guy is... Well, even if you don't know all the stories, you, you know that the man is a little off. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if nothing else. Um, and everyone, you know, all the big names there have chosen to re-sign to keep working for that man you know everyone that we love um yep. they've all you know you, you know they've all in their own kind of way said you know what not my problem you know keep, Pay me. You know, yeah keep paying me vince yep. that other stuff ain't my problem um hmm. so getting on the high horse um is, is just to me it's something you shouldn't do um and which is why you know I, I always scream that we don't know these people. We don't know these people. We don't know these people, mm-hmm. um, and we don't. And lots of them seem like nice people, you know, but we don't know them.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, it, trust me, if you, you know, if you go back in time machine to like nineteen eighty-five or something, and you ask people about Orenthal James Simpson, they would not have. You would not. You would not get anybody telling you that. Yeah. I, think he might kill two people all right yep. um, <laughs> all right uh allegedly right um, but so we d- we don't know these folks um and the thing about theory and riddle you know and, and this is uh, look all right it's easy to say well to hell with them they got buddies on the roster who you do like and who are best buddies with those guys with them okay yeah. um, you know, with riddle priest and Keith Lee are both buddies of his, among other people, you know right, um, and look this also applies to when we're talking about people's political beliefs, right, because now, unless it's like you know like the Jackson Riker, he's going on Twitter and yelling at at people and all of that, or Drake Wirtz was you know throwing shit in people's face at the job, but even the people who you suspect might be on the entire opposite of the political spectrum than you and who you suspect might have some political views that you think are abhorrent. Those folks have a lot of friends in the same, you know, a lot of their friends are in that business and are people who are not that. Right. I mean, yeah. a, lot, a lot of the MAGA folks in wrestling have good friends who are not MAGA. Right. So if you're going to, you, know, you can't, if you're, it's impossible to, make these blanket kind of judgments so at the end of the day we look we all pick and choose which ones now now there are certain people look if somebody is you know a rapist you know and they get yep. charged and convicted and thrown out of the business right that's different um right. but in most of these cases there's somebody somebody makes an accusation maybe there's some text or something but most of these things they don't get they don't eat they don't reach any type of legal resolution with somebody going to jail or somebody being exonerated they just kind of come and go so where you're just kind of stuck watching the tv show with this guy on the show who has some stuff that he's been accused of uh he didn't get convicted but he didn't absolve himself either but he's still gonna you know and, and unless one of those two things happens he's gonna be on the show as long as the guy running the show wants him on the show so you're either gonna watch the show or not um and if that sounds like i'm absolving him of what he's accused of doing i'm not doing that i'm just simply saying that you know we look um like you watch anything on TV, you're more you you're basically you're making a moral compromise of some type, okay? Jerry Jones is every every bit as icky and creepy as Vince McMahon. Right? Yep. Um and who knows how many of the other NFL owners are the same, right? And they just gave two hundred million guaranteed to a nasty man quarterback who's been accused by like of thirty different women of doing way too much. Um
4: so it's all a nasty business. So just get, getting caught in the minutiae is, on the one hand, it's fine because, you know, you're perfectly welcome to your opinion of, you know, people who, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, I don't like this guy, I like this guy. Just don't let it bleed into other parts of it. And, like, it's all bullcrap. So, anyway. Yeah, I right, didn't want to spend this time on
3: the My fault for rambling like that is just but basically don't lie all right don't yeah. don't 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 be up here saying that the guy has no ability and all of that and wrestling fans do that a lot you know when, when when they decide they don't like somebody then they immediately they say the person stinks and they're not good at this or they're not good at that they're not good at anything and you know all that type of stuff and, and it's not true right um right and it's you know Um, look, if if you just don't like the guy then say you don't like the guy, if it's because of the allegations, that's fine. If it's because you just don't like the guy in general, that's fine too. Um, but y'all who are out here comparing him to Jack Swagger and, you know, Sean Spears and, and, and these guys who were like watching paint dry, look, theory is not like you're not watching paint dry when theory is out there. I'm sorry. Not,
4: and I'm sorry, not every single person in that audience knew about these accusations cuz okay.
3: everybody
4: booed the crap out of him when he won that money in the bank contract.
3: Yeah, and look, everybody didn't know about the stuff that came out about Vince recently. I mean, right. that's I mean, um and that's the whole well that's a whole another point we can go. Just you know, everybody again, those of us who are just way too online you know, it's not you know, that's not most of the audience. Right.
4: So, speaking of things that are way too on long, uh, that was a terrible transition. I don't know. I just want to get to this next match because I'm sticking of talking about theory for a little while. Anyway, yeah. uh, In the in the only real filler match on the card, and I really hesitate to use this use that title because it's a championship match between two great competitors. We have Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, versus challenger Carmella. Bianca Belair retained her title in about seven minutes, and it was a Carmella match. It was fine. Um, I thought it was, it, it, like I said, it's the closest thing we're getting to a filler match. Eh, it was. Let's be real. This was a filler. This was a filler match. Um, it. They got in. They got out. I don't remember a single memorable spot or anything like that. Um, but. Hey, every card's probably got one. Um, and I didn't think the match stunk or anything like that. I just don't barely remember it. Uh, so, DJ, what do you have here with uh, Carmella and Bianca Belair?
2: <clears throat> um, this was one of those matches where the the conclusion was foregone. Pretty much had it pegged that Bianca was going to win that. I did say in the uh, the kickoff show, I believe, and I said as much on Twitter. Carmella is sneaky good. Like, she's deceptively good at little things in that rink. She is not a great performer of wrestling moves, okay? But she's got the character work. She's got the little nuances. There are little things in there that she's really good at. I think her and Bianca played pretty well off each other. It was an absolute power display scrimmage for Bianca. Yeah. Um. You know, it was yeah. absolutely a scrimmage for her um bella mella got some stuff in and, and, and as i expected but all in all this was this was the bianca Belair show for about seven minutes
4: hey and nothing wrong with that i love that show yeah,
3: yeah. So, same here it was fine um it was seven minutes um now actually i thought they could have gone for a few more um and i'll you know i guess when we get to the next match we can go into a little bit more but i think um like Carmelo is, is if you need seven to ten minutes, plug and play, you know, and we need a good opponent for whoever, then you know, that's right in her wheelhouse. Um you know, and so and you know, she does that all the time. And that's that's her thing, right? And so, you know, she did that again. Like I said, I don't, there's not, nothing really memorable about this match. And look, every match is not going to be five-star matches a year, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't mean it's terrible, right? Exactly. Uh, it just means some Most matches, look, and I say this about WWE stuff in general because, I mean, let's face it, they do have a methodology and a formula of laying out matches and all of that. Most WWE matches are some degree of fine.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Like you 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 rarely have you know, I mean so this was that. Um I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah.
2: That's intentional though, because when we get to the tag match, if every other match on the card is a banger, the tag match doesn't hit as hard as it did. Right. And that's the part of this people forget. Not every match on the card has to be or needs to be a five star classic. If you and and again we go back to the we only had, had six matches on this card part of that was because they needed the time to tell the story in the tag match and I know I just took over there but that's been sitting in my brain here for yeah. about the last 45 minutes you know when Rob was talking about you know the length of the you know, the number of matches and the you know the 3 hour time frame and everything like that there was a reason for that. And uh, there's a yeah. reason why Bianca and Carmella had a fine wrestling match. Not yeah, a great right. one, but a fine one.
4: Right, And I mean, just looking at the card, you can chart it, because you can look at, okay, what are the two big pops of the evening going to be? What, probably, just the tag match in general, based on the card that we have here, we know Theory's winning the briefcase, so ain't nobody popping for that. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeating Theory earlier in the night, probably, whatever, whatever. But it's hey, going to be the Usos and the, ta- the, t- uh, the tag match, because those guys... Just go boss to the wall every single time. And it's going to be Liv Morgan. So we have filler match Bianca Belair defeated Carmelo by f- fimpal, uh, pinfall. You know, that's the you're rising up on your roller coaster ride. And then we're going to go back down because we have the Usos and the Street Profits. And then we're going to go right back up. because Ronda Rousey for, defeated Natalia by submission. And then you have Live Cashing in. These guys know what they are doing when they lay these cards out, guys.
3: Right. And it's just like look, I mean it's just like a set list for a concert, right? They're they're songs where the, the band where you know they know people are going to get up and dance or get up and move around or whatever. And so you don't you don't do 20 of those, right? You do you know you do however many of those you're going to do but then you also have you you mix some songs in there that are meant for you to just kind of sit down and take it in uh right and and so this is no different and and but as of course us being weirdo wrestling fans one thing we often do is we, you know if we don't like the people who were in the filler match we look at the filler match mm-hmm. and we use it to indict the people in the filler match this match sucked this person, see, I told you they sucked. That match stank, and it's like, no, it didn't. No. Okay, it
4: was just a good match that went on in the middle of the card on a nothing
3: pay per view. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and that's what this was. It was fine. I mean, again, it, yeah. was, it was it was fine, right? Yeah.
4: Exactly. Okay. So then we get to what I think DJ wants to spend a lot of time on. <laughs> um, we have the Usos, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, versus. The Street Profits for said undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Who oh boy. Uh, lo- um, b- 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 uh, oh, not the longest match on the card. The, when men's money in the bank, it's the longest at 25-25. But this clocked in at second longest, 23 minutes exactly. This—I like tag team wrestling a lot, and I like these two guys— so just for hold for hold, no emotional gravitas taken into consideration. This was my match of the night um, because my guys won. You know the street profits obviously didn't look bad at all. I thought when they did that near fall near uh, false finish when they had um, Dawkins was on the outside and he was beat to hell. And then Montez came in, did the frog splash at the end there, where you swore it was um, it was going to be a three count. And then uh, I believe it was Jimmy came out of nowhere and saved it. So, and then obviously we had the, the finish with the 1D. Uh, yeah, it, it, I guess I, I put it as my match of the night in terms of technicality. There's another match that's match of the night in terms of, you know, wow, that was awesome. But yeah, I love this match, and I would be perfectly happy to see these guys just keep wrestling. I know we you know we shouldn't because then we're gonna get, you know, it's like having too much candy, but we shouldn't we shouldn't have them many more, but we should
3: as well. Um, anyway, I would watch those guys wrestle all the time. Rob, what do you think of this? Um, now, I'll admit like going into the show, I was not that hyped for this match because. You know they'd wrestled each other before and it was really you know and it was great um but i you know i guess i i had been in kind of my saturation point going in like okay well they've wrestled each other a bunch of times they've wrestled each other on pay-per-views um mm-hmm. um and i'm sure that it'll be great i'm sure but i just wasn't really that you know hyped for it going in and um so for me like this was matches of the night and it's up there for match of the year. Um, yeah, because they, I mean, they took some stuff in the whole, you know, some of the stuff they did. Like they, they pulled out some stuff here that they'd been kind of, you know, keeping under wraps with some of the spots that they did. Um, they took this up to the next level. Um, because I, I said this on Twitter a lot, like for me, a lot of, I've seen so many tag team matches that a lot of them just run together for me now. and, so for for something for a tag team match to stand out for me now um it's got to be really extraordinary and this was that um and you know those of y'all people who want to talk about those jackson boys y'all need stop. okay um y'all really do um they they're not they don't do this okay they don't do that um they don't sorry um look i mean now if you want a team from outside of wwe who would be i think would be great with either one of them i you know as problematic as the briscoes are on like a personal level um they would um uh, you know would love to see them in in with either one of those teams um i'd watch the briscoes against either one of them way before i would want to watch the young bucks <laughs> all right uh but anyway, this this match is outstanding. It's match of the night. Uh it's up there for match of the year. It's definitely tag team match of the year for me. Um, you know. And um I thought, you know, I did think that they were maybe gonna start teasing something between Montez and Dawkins, even though I really hope they don't do that. I mean, I look. We know Montez is going to get the singles run. Look, Mandon got big. All right, um, he's 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 prepared for it. We know that. We know he's. He got good. into
4: he got into singles run shape.
3: Yes, yes, um, yes, he did, and so we know it's coming. But I really hope that because I, I just don't see the dynamic between them being the type of thing you would do a, a heel turn over. Um, some teams are made for that, where you can do that. Um, I don't think their dynamic is one that's ripe for a heel turn or one guy turning on the other one. Um, you know, I think you could just do, you could do like you do with new day. They could just at some point be like, Hey, um, you know, it's, You know, we did our thing as a tag team. It's time for us to, you know, uh, just you know, see what else is out there, right? I mean, I I I hope that's the route that they go because, you know, some type of feud between them would just be stupid. I think Um, I just don't think they have that dynamic. But this match was great. It was outstanding. Um, And yeah, for me, tag team tag team match of the year for sure.
2: Oh, yeah, tag team match of the year, definitely. DJ? Uh, yeah, for all those same things. I think I said in the Discord chat, I said, I want these two teams to go out there and shut down all other discussions about tag best tag teams in the world. And I don't remember exactly how I uh, worded it, but I wanted those two, guys, those two teams to go out there and have that match. And they did. And it was such a display of not only just great tag team wrestling but it wasn't just going out there and doing moves for the sake of doing moves and i think a lot of people fall into that trapping they go out there and they're just it's it's a it's a move for move display for the sake of doing it i felt like these two guys were genuinely trying to beat the hell out of each other and it was such an amazing story because it was an uphill climb for the um the street profits you know the usos are the top of the mountain They're up there, they're the top of the mountain. And the street profits, as good as they are, are having to claw and scrape and scratch their way to the top of that mountain. And there was one part of the match that I really, really enjoyed. Dawkins is just taking the heat, man. He's taking the heat, he's taking the heat, he's taking the heat. Tez is on the outside, man. He's he's hungry for the hot tag. Finally, finally, he gets the hot tag. He good, you're, and you're fired. Tez is fired up. He's ready to go. I'm watching. I'm ready to go. He's going to go in there. He's going to do the hot tag. He's going to start whipping ass, and the Usos cut him off. Cold. Just cut him off and started whipping his ass. So now Tez is in there getting his ass whipped. Dawkins is on the outside laid out because he took an ass whipping. It was just such great storytelling, and you don't see that very often. And, and I, for – the hot tag, the Street Profits are my favorite team for the hot tag. Whether it's Dawkins, whether it's, you know, Montez, both of them are fired up. They go in there, they've got their, you know, just their their moves that they do and they get on top of it, and it's fun to watch. But it was neat to throw that little swerve in there because we were all waiting on it, and then the Usos just cut off Montez. So I I was just blown away by how good and honestly there was so much going on you guys told i expected that match when it was all said and done and i don't mean this in the wrong way i expected that match to clock in at around 30 plus minutes when you told me that it was not the longest match of the night i was like are you kidding because for everything that they did for everything that they squeezed in there for every bit of juice they got out of that it felt like a 30 to 35 minute match yeah
3: and uh just to interject real quick the thing about the hot tagging cut off that's like rock and roll express kind of stuff, where yeah, yeah, where you know, uh, one guy gets tagged in, and maybe he gets a couple of shots in, but then he immediately starts getting the shit kicked out of him for again.
2: Yeah, that's, um, that's absolutely what, what happened Saturday night. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was, all it all, fun. I hope they run it back. They've got an ex. Uh, Street profits have got an excellent argument for a rematch. Yeah. That final well, I mean, Montez, yeah, and thank God for Dave Meltzer. Thank God for Dave Meltzer. None of us would have known that was intentional. That's right. None of us would have known that was the finish to the match. Oh my God. When they talk about it on commentary
4: more than once, Davey, that's a big hint. When they don't try to sweep it under the rug like, yeah,
5: hey, you didn't see that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 12, if commentary
4: 12? is telling you, you, you we don't need investigative reporting, Dave, if, uh, if Michael Cole is telling me what's
2: going on. a month,
3: Captain Obvious. Yeah. Here we go. This is one of those times where you just watch the show.
2: Watch the show? Watch the show? All right, Jason,
4: what's next? Next, we had the Women's SmackDown Championship on the line. Champion Ronda Rousey was fighting against everyone's favorite women's wrestler of the IOBC's top darling, Natalia. Um, This match was two minutes longer than it should have been. I did enjoy the um the finish the submission to submission to submission to sub- to sharpshooter well I shouldn't say submission to submission to submission I should say armbar to sharpshooter to Kimura to sharpshooter to ankle lock to sharpshooter to whatever she used to finish it um but the armbar I believe it was um but yeah the mat- that match was happened so uh DJ Anything you had on
2: this match? It was fine. I was very open and honest last week. I said this was definitely not a match I was looking forward to for no particular reason. I know Natalya has a very important role within WWE. I respect that role. I don't dislike her as much as many people do. Um, But again, I wasn't pining for a Natalya versus Ronda Rousey match. I got a better match than I was anticipating. Believe it or not, <clears throat> there were a few spots in there where they they roped me in, where they had me. Natalia took a nasty bump onto the to the uh, to the corner post. They were on the apron over something, and uh, I think she did. She have her. I don't remember what the move was either way. Ronda whipped Natty uh, into the turnbuckle or into the the post there, and it was pretty nasty looking. I, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was fine. Again, it was probably two minutes longer than it should have been. But it, the story that they told, got us to the next part, which was what made the whole thing worth it.
4: Right, and that—that that I was about to say. Don't be by no means did I dislike the match because it was a beautiful preamble for what came next. But right, as far as this match, Rob, what do you have here?
3: Uh, like the last, I guess the, the 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 closing sequence saved it. I mean, up until that point, I thought I was like, man, this is this is kind of rough. Um. You know, um, so yeah, the the, clo- the closing sequence, I think, you know, saved it from being something I would have called bad. Um, because I thought it was just, yeah, I thought going before that it was it was kind of rough and it a few minutes too long. And because um, it was just one of those things, like with Rhonda, like now that we have like a longer body of work since she's come back now i think it is safe to say that she did not come back in the same shape i mean um it's just um a a lot of just well like you know the because you watch some of her stuff from 2018 the punches looked a lot better and you know she seems like like it's kind of a step off on on (laughs) stuff now um But you know they they, the again the closing sequence, kind of I think rescued it from being something that would have been just trashed. Uh, And again, but the point was again to to get us to the next thing. So you know, on that point, you know, mission accomplished.
2: Yeah, I got to agree with you on this. This second run of Ronda Rousey, something's felt off. Like aside from her match with Charlotte, I. I, I can't say this one's been memorable. And I, and I hate saying that because I like Ronda. You know, I respect her her dedication to it. And I respect her um, her ability as an athlete and everything. But there's just something. This Ronda Rousey run has not hit for me. And I hate saying that. Like, as a fan of hers, I hate saying that. So,
4: I definitely... it. it I was... Sh- I'm shocked. Every single time Brock comes back... Even if it's two months later, he still has that just aura of invincibility of just, oh, yep, the dragon is here. Guys, the dragon's here. Run. Ronda had that the first time. She had not a lick of it the second time around. I have no idea why, but I just—she felt fundamentally different. She felt like a normal member of the roster, even when she became champion almost immediately. Like well, she didn't actually. She lost, and maybe that was it. She's losing at WrestleMania, but starting her off with a loss. And I don't, I don't say that as a detriment because, okay, yeah, you don't feel like Brock Lesnar, okay, but you still, she still felt in the upper echelon of the the you know pantheon of the women there. But yeah, you you guys are definitely right. Something has just been totally different this time around.
3: Yeah, and because um, like, well, cause the matches she's had on television, like since she won the title. Um, I mean, they were, they were like good competitive matches, but at the same, but that kind of takes something away from the aura. Um,
4: right. She, this time around, she hasn't had one
3: squash, I don't think. Um, I think, I think, yeah, not really. I mean, the only one that was kind of close to it, like when she had the match with Sonya and then when she put Charlotte in the ankle lock afterward, but that, but with that, I mean, but they, but, you know, they were on, they were short for time. They had to rush through the match part of it to get to the spot at the end of the show um but yeah i mean like she so she had one you know she had a couple of matches with raquel gonzalez that were and you shouldn't have like she shouldn't kill Rochelle, raquel rodriguez but you probably just shouldn't have the match um, yeah and well i mean it's kind of like catch 22 because it's like yeah i mean the first time yeah she basically you know for lack of a better word better word kind of buried the riot squad but for what for her act for what she's supposed to bring to the table somebody's got to get the shovel well um, yeah like and it's just you know somebody draws somebody's got to draw the short straw and you know i'm sorry look just like what ricochet did against brock right he, he got the short straw yeah it sucks ricochet's better than that but you know it was a thing that had to be done um and Ronda should Ronda should not get like she should only get really tested against you know Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, you know Bianca or real Ripley somebody you know somebody like that. If you you know, who else,
2: you know who else she was tested by? Liv Morgan. Well, oh. let's talk long-term booking. Let's talk long-term booking and the burial of the riot squad by ronda rousey Hmm. because that came full circle sunday or saturday night yeah yeah probably what was the the best 35 seconds on that card oh yeah so liv's music hit and what did ever
4: what was everybody's initial reaction because i'll tell you guys my first gut reaction when i heard that music and i heard her little giggle
2: I was like holy shit they're going to have her lose it.
3: Me too. I thought it, I thought, Your thought
2: it, was mine. I, my yep. first thought in my head was this poor fucking girl.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like
2: was there's shit. no way they're going to do this to this girl. But
4: I was like and then even even it got further because I justified it to myself. I was like you know what? Fine. Do it night one. Don't let her hold it till fucking survivor series. And Let's then have rip to the band-aid
2: it. off and Fine. get it over with. Yeah.
4: But yeah. holy crap. And, and I'm sorry uh, for all of his faults and all the crap that he gets. Kevin Dunn had the perfect shot lined up from down the ramp. Looking down the ramp so you're looking, you have commentary in the background, you have Rhonda at the rope in front of commentary and all of a sudden the lights all turn purple in the audience and you hear that little giggle of Liv Morgan and then you hear the first couple harpsichord you know, notes of her music and sh- Rhonda looks right down the ramp and the camera zooms in just in time for
2: you to see her on go. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I Which just got was... my ass whipped by Natalia. And, and to be fair, Natalia whipped that ass. Like oh, yeah. Natalia got in there and got some in this match. So now she's looking and she's like, the ankle is hurt. The leg is hurt. And here comes live Morgan. Fresh is yeah. a fresh is a, a newborn baby. Yeah. And, and actually, to
4: follow my live thought process, when Liv finally got in the ring and handed the briefcase over, and and first of all, as a physical actor, Liv Morgan is one of the best people on that card. Yeah, on, on that on in that roster, I should say, because her handed the briefcase to it was Cierra, right? I think it was. But anyway, I'm um, handing it to him. And then she stands over in the place where the challenger's going to stand. And she's literally, like, jumping up and down, stamping her feet, like, come on, come on, come on! And I was just like, and that's when I turned. I was like, she's going to win it. Holy crap, they're going to do this. She's going to win it. And even when uh, Ronda immediately got her in the ankle lock, and you're thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And then, of course, Liv kicks the bad ankle. Knee that she had injured in the match with Natalia. Ronda goes down. Liv rolls her up, does the extra my favorite, the extra 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 tight pin that you that you can only get when you're about to win your first championship in like a rushed way. Um, but because because trust me, Liv Morgan made sure both of her shoulders were down on the ground. Um, but yeah, that was and then her freaking out and winning. That was that. You know when they get when they get it wrong you 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 obviously you all let them know about it when they get it right they deserve their flowers too and man they nailed this one ah uh, i nothing else to say she's she's great i don't think she's going to go on any sort of hall of fame run or anything like that at least maybe she will who knows but one for one moment forever forever and ever Just like in real sports, she's off the Charles Barkley list. You know, oh, it would have been nice if, you know, whoever won a championship.
2: Well, she has now. So that's pretty freaking cool. DJ, what do you have on that? Uh, Again, same thing. When the music hit, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this poor fucking girl. We just spent the last six months going on a roller coaster ride with this girl. She finally gets her moment. She has this incredible moment at Money in the Bank in the ladder match with that Fantastic finish. She's going to come out here two hours later. They're going to do her dirty and she's going to lose. Because, honest to God, I didn't think they were going to pull the trigger on that. I didn't think they were going to have, I didn't think Ronda was losing. You know, not Did on you a. Think, tell me, tell me with a
4: straight face that through that, whatever many years ago, if I asked you, who's the first person to pin Ronda Rousey in the WWE? Would you have bet Liv Morgan? Hell
2: no. no hell right. no. I mean, because we can, we can argue that he didn't. I I see your face, Rob. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. <laughs> Rob's making a face right now. Like, what the hell is Jason talking about? She's been pinned. But yeah, no, it absolutely in no way, shape, or form what I've pegged Liv Morgan. We've and it, again, like I said earlier on in the show, we've talked about Liv Morgan at length here. And I'm just glad to see that she's she's turned that corner, man. She, she's she's turned she's made that hard turn. And now she she. The only thing I wouldn't need her to work on are the promos. That will come. See, but for now, whether is... she gets a one week, a one month, or a three month title run, nobody can take that away from her. She's earned it. See, you said
4: that that she's got to work on her promos, and I agree. I don't think she's you know CM Punk or Paul Heyman or anything like that. But that little promo she had in the ring, you know, on Monday night, that was cool, man. It was not, you know, it was, yeah, I did it for us. I did it, you know, you can, I look at that kind of stuff and I go, you can basically be as a boo-boo face about that kind of stuff as you want to. Um, but for me, that girl felt like she was 100% genuine and having a good time. And she worked her tail off. And so, God damn it, good for you, kid. Yeah, It was it was a fun, fun, wholesome moment. And Rob, I see your face, man. At WrestleMania 35, check the tape. Ronda's shoulder is
3: 100% not down when
4: Bianca when
3: Becky uh, pins her. Why does
4: he got to bring 100%. that up?
3: Why but, does he got to bring him? Um, up? There was another match at a WrestleMania show in which Ronda Rousey was pinned.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte pinned her, I Bubba. You're that. She got, hit her with the boot. She got no, the boot or natural selection.
3: She, it was, she boot the boot. She booted the the head. It was a boot to the face. And <laughs> yes. so,
4: so yeah, sorry. The second person. Because it certainly wasn't Becky Lynch.
3: No. And uh, so and let's not forget the 13 time women's champion was the first one to pin Ronda Rousey in in a singles match. Okay. Not a match where the third person did all the work. Okay. All right.
4: You know, uh, no. That was clearly that was clearly our moment of the night. Obviously,
3: I mean, yeah, yeah, and and close. I I did not think. Look, I didn't think they were going to do it. Um, And then when when Liv's music hit and and when she came out there, I thought what y'all thought they were basically they were going (laughs) to they were about to screw her over and. And then when Rhonda put her in the ankle lock immediately, I was like, well, well, and when she she put her in the ankle lock, I was thinking, okay, that's too quick. They've done too much with her to have her just lose that quickly. Yeah. So ironically, when Rhonda put her in the ankle lock right away, that's when I figured, oh, she's going to win this because that happened too fast. If, you know, if she'd maybe hit a couple of moves and then Rhonda got her in the ankle lock, then, you know, um, then that would have been different. But... fixes in yeah and so good for her um it's really just now honestly it's a matter of where what what they have planned um and because
4: what does champion Liv morgan look like
3: and yeah you, and, and, you great? um because actually i did you know i did some digging into just recent years of history of here here's another one of my little data points here everyone okay <laughs> people since the brand split started people who won their first either first singles title period or their first kind of top level title um if you win it during the summertime, which we're in now those tend to be short um starting with um you know ambrose when he cashed in the briefcase he was he had it till september and then you know, there, there are other people, um, you know, Apollo with the U.S. title, and uh, Sasha Banks won the Raw women's title in July and you know, she lost at SummerSlam. Natty won the SmackDown women's title at SummerSlam and lost it in November. Both of those women lost to the same person, by the way. Um, <laughs> 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 but anyhow, but like, it's just a history. Oh, well, Nikki ASH won her first title last year and she lost it a month later to the same person but anyway um yeah they tend to just not be long um if you because basically summertime is is when they experiment basically with people winning titles for the first time ricochet won the u.s title in june lost it in july um summertime is when they experiment um and maybe early fall right um so by precedent this may not be a long one we'll see um but yeah just honestly it just at this point it's a matter of what role do they see her having on the television show and that's where you know what um we don't know um but we don't write the show and I don't think this will be a one-time thing. I do think, you know, whenever this, however long this goes, she'll get, she'll get another turn later. Um, but right now, we don't know. Like I said, we don't know how they've written the show for the next six months. Um, so I'm just saying that so that however long it goes, don't work yourself until we shoot people because um, the precedent is there for how long this might go.
2: Um, you know how you find out, though, don't you?
3: You just watch the show. <laughs> and yeah. and you know, and I've already seen people predicting that you know that the, the angel of death will be returning from her honeymoon to you know take it from her, and you know. Um, oh,
2: she's already she's already kissed on yeah you know, uh, Andrade on the cheek and said, "Love you. I'll see you in six months."
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> she's on her way.
3: Um, yeah. But I'm, I mean, going to collect number fourteen. But it it may not happen. Um, it might so, not. So don't I mean don't don't resign yourself to that happening. If it, and it may not. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. So just look, enjoy the ride. Enjoy it while it's, you know, for however long it goes. Enjoy it. Um. Because, like this is like an actual underdog story. Most of these underdog stories are bullshit. Okay. And right. because there's somebody who was already in a higher position on the card than most of the rest of the roster. It's just they were in a lower position than the person they got pit against, right? And this was not that. This was somebody who was actually in a lower position on the roster. Well, okay.
5: Look,
4: Rob, I, I, I to jump off that point to something we've talked about before, me, the money in the bank contract is not an elevation. She, well, excuse me, it's just not an elevation device. What we've talked about by by that is, what we said about that is, it's a way to skip three months of storytelling and three months of bullcrap and three months of whatever, and you're just like, hey, we plan. they planned on making Liv Morgan a champion anyway. They did not just get some money in the bank and think about, hey, what do you think about Liv Morgan? Sure, let's do her. But this allows them to just, okay, now you're the champion. What does that look like? And is that even worth it for us to build you back up to a champion? Waste." use i should say three months of storytelling to build you up to a champion next time um it's it's almost like a championship free pass where you just like hey let's try with see what this looks like without investing too much time and money but i think so far she looks real good um she's gonna be definitely punching up a lot of the time um you know it's gonna be a lot of can she do it can the you know little live keep on chugging but you could get six months of programming out of that easy.
2: All right. So we were gonna debut a new segment here tonight, but we ran a little bit long. So I guys, I want to put a pin in that one till next week. All right. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, because yeah, we're pushing almost two hours here, and I think we gotta call the oh, golden wow. spot. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I wanna thank my <clears throat> good lord. My gosh, my voice is gone this week, guys. Sorry. <laughs> This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, DJ. I'm going to go around the room again here and thank my co-host, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Sir, had a good night tonight? Always a pleasure, my friends. All right. And from the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, thank you.
3: Uh, always a good time, sir.
2: All right. And like I said, my name's DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us at thechairshot.com. Remember, you can call it Pro Wrestling, you can call it Sports Entertainment, you can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. We'll see you next week.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.